It's a wild world we're all trying to find our place in it. It's a wild world and no one seems to understand it. It's a wild world. So grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus the Christ, and the Holy Spirit who unites us in faith. Amen. So in what may be a classic case of a pastor reading his or her own life into the text, I noticed for the first time that this Pentecost story from Acts, which we hear every year on this day, is fundamentally a story about identity. That is who we understand ourselves to be, as well as who God understands us to be. In today's story, Jesus' disciples are gathered for the Hebrew festival of Pentecost, when suddenly God's Spirit rushes into the room and lights fires over their heads and enables them to start speaking in languages other than their own. This attracts a great multi-ethnic and multicultural crowd of amazed and astonished onlookers And each person in the large crowd, regardless of their home country and language, of which we hear there were a number, hears and understands the words of God's Spirit speaking through the mouths of 12 Hebrew men. So the first lesson about identity from this scripture is that the Spirit respects and works within an individual's identity. The crowd did not have to sacrifice their culture or their language in order to receive God's word. No one in that crowd had to become a Hebrew in order to receive God's word. The Mesopotamians, I picked the hardest one, right? The Mesopotamians could still be Mesopotamian and still receive God's word. The Arabs could still be Arab and receive God's word, and so on and so on. It's important to layer this biblical truth onto our world today. Israelis can be Israeli and be filled with God's word in the same way that Palestinians can be Palestinian and receive God's word. Republicans can be Republican and receive God's word in the same way that Democrats can be Democrat and still be filled with God's word. Ohio State fans can be Ohio State fans and be filled with God's word. And the rest of you, good luck. (laughs) Kind of kidding. The Spirit never demands that you give up your identity nor does it require that of anyone else. Because who you are matters. Your gifts, your desires, your quirks, your vocational calling, it all matters. And there's a second lesson about identity from this scripture, and that is that the Spirit transcends an individual's identity. Notice that Peter is tasked with correcting those among the crowd who think the disciples in their foreign language speaking in fires above their heads are nothing more than a new breed of drunk. It's because human beings like to label. 
and categorize the identities of others, especially those whom we deem as significantly different from us. You're black, you're white, you're gay, you're rich, you're lucky, you're a jerk, you're a friend, you're worthless, you're a banker, you're a pastor. This can be a helpful and innocent practice of labeling and categorizing in order to make sense of this wild world. But clearly, it has the capacity to push away and oppress those who are different from you. And to such dismissive label-making, Peter raises his voice, which in the New Testament only happens when a blessing is being pronounced. And he shouts this excerpt from Joel In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, even upon my slaves, both men and women. In those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All flesh shall prophesy and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Not just the Lutherans, not just the Hebrews, not just the Republicans, not just the Democrats, not just the righteous, not even the drunks or the rich or the poor or the bankers or even the pastors. All flesh shall prophesy. This story is an epic announcement that God seeks to transcend and include our identities as the Holy Spirit does its saving work. It is absolutely true that who we are matters. It is absolutely true that God will work within us in spite of who we are at times. It is absolutely true that God will work because of who we are. Transcend and include. In other words, be who you are, but don't let it limit you or anyone else. So this is my final Sunday here as pastor at Cross of Grace. And since announcing my resignation, the question of my identity has been a dominant one. I assume just about everyone has questions about who I am or Maybe perhaps who I will be tomorrow. Are you still going to be in the ministry? Yes, of course. After all, it is a core faith tenant, the whole priesthood of all believers. We are all in the ministry, people. Will you still be a pastor? No. I, I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Well, what are you going to do then? Excellent question. I will keep you posted. Earlier in the week, I had a friend tell me he's going to think of me as a retired pastor, which I find amusing, even though it's a designation I uh, have certainly not earned. Ex-pastor sounds kind of like a superhero comic book character, like the X-Men. I suppose I could print a business card that says ex-pastor. 
It's not that these are unimportant questions. God knows I have been wrestling with questions of identity for a long time. In packing up my office, I picked up a book that was given to me by a a family friend when I was ordained as a gift. It was signed by the gift givers, who happen to be friends I've known my whole life, and they wrote in it on the cover page, February 7th, 2010, the day you became the man God created you to be. That was exactly what I needed to hear that day. And that got me through a lot in my 11 years of parish ministry. When people would get mad at me for what I would or wouldn't do or say. When I found myself devalued by people in the church. When I couldn't find encouragement or support. I needed to know that in spite of all the frustrations and disappointments, I was doing what God created me to do. And then at some point, I became curious about life outside of being Pastor Aaron. If I could set off on a new career path, what would I choose? And more importantly, why? And through that questioning, I discerned a sense of encouragement and optimism as I considered my future outside of congregational ministry. And as the saying goes, you can't put the genie back in the bottle. So what that means is that the Spirit is inviting me to transcend my identity as a pastor, but to include it as well. I will no longer be Pastor Aaron, but tomorrow I will have been Pastor Aaron. And that rich and beautiful experience will always inform my identity, transcend and include. After all, I am still becoming the person God created me to be. And God is still helping me in that process. A process which admittedly has been tumultuous. I have an email folder full of rejection emails from positions for nonprofits to which I have applied over the last few months. It's tempting to think of myself and my identity as a person whom no one wants to hire. And that is, in fact, a part of my identity right now. And the call of the Spirit, of course, is to transcend that identity, but to include it as well. To let it work in me. Maybe cultivate a little humility in me. Perhaps that's my lesson through all of this. To let it inform my decisions and the level of compassion that I have for others who find it hard to find meaningful employment and the gifts that such employment provides them. To transcend and include. And on top of all this... uh, Last week, I found out that my identity had been stolen. Someone with my name and address and social security number and phone number and all the other stuff recently applied for a $50,000 loan from the U.S. Small Business Administration. It wasn't actually me. 
The credit reporting agencies are helping me to transcend this identity issue, but as long as I'm unwilling to change my name or social security number, if that's even an option, there will always be a chance that someone will pretend to be me and steal money. I, I do think there's a whole separate sermon in there about being your true self, but alas, I am out of time. So all this to say that identity matters but only insofar as it leads to openness and inclusion rather than pride, isolation, and judgment of yourself or others. Who I am today and who I am tomorrow matters. It matters to you. It matters to me. It matters to my family. It matters to God. Who I am today will be a part of who I am tomorrow. But who I am today and who I am tomorrow will never change the fact that my true identity is found in Christ alone. I'm a child of God. And doesn't that make for a better business card to carry around, even if it doesn't sound like a superhero comic book character? Who am I? I am a child of God. That's what the Spirit says when it speaks to me and through me and It will continue to speak in me and through me, regardless of whether I'm a pastor or a business owner or a teacher or a bartender or anything else. And what's true for me is especially true for you. Know who you are. And let that knowledge expand your heart and mind so that you can treat yourself and others with kindness, respect, and love. You are a beloved child of God with unique characteristics that God put in you for a reason. And you are still becoming the person that God created you to be. So be kind to yourself and others. Show yourself and others a little grace. Treat one another as beloved children of God and may you be blessed today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen.